Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're going to look at Hebrews, starting with verse 25. See to it that you do not refuse to listen to him who is speaking to you now. For if those sons of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to him, who warned them on earth, revealing God's will, how much less will we escape if we turn our backs on him who warns from heaven? His voice shook the earth at Mount Sinai then, but now he has given a promise saying, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the starry heaven. Now this expression, yet once more, indicates the removal and final transformation of those things which can be shaken. That is, of that which is created, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we have a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude and offer to God pleasing service and acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is indeed a consuming fire. May God bless the reading of his word. He starts out and he says, see to it. And what he's saying is determine, devote yourself, commit yourself, strain to hear so that you do not refuse to listen to him. Now the word refuse is the same Greek word used in 1219. The Jews heard the voice of God as thunder at Mount Sinai and refused the voice of God and begged God not to speak to them directly. And God is speaking to us now through his son. And what he's saying is hear him. Don't refuse him. Remember what we read in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. God, having spoken to the fathers long ago in the voices and writings of the prophets in many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth, and in many ways has in these last days spoken with finality to us in the person of the one who is by his character and nature his son, namely Jesus, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, through whom also he created the universe, that is, the universe as a space-time continuum. Do not refuse to hear the Son. Do not ignore his voice. For the loss he calls to you to receive new life. And to ignore the call will leave you clinging to a shaky, deteriorating, joyless existence on the earth. And nothing but the wrath of God and eternal suffering to look forward to. For the believer, John tells us in John 10.10, the sheep that are my own, hear my voice and listen to me. I know them and they follow me. Now the carnal ignore his voice. And there's a contrast when we lean more towards the things of this world than we do towards the things of God. 
There's a contrast in the soul, the mind, will, and emotion. It's almost like it, it sets up an environment that alienates us from the things of God. We don't enjoy them. They become a, a choice that we'd rather not make. We'd rather watch TV than read the Bible. We would rather, you know, go to a friend's house than go to church on Sunday. Now, I'm not going to get into a legalistic idea that says if you don't do these things, God is somehow going to curse you. What I'm saying is that these things are indications that your soul is waning into unbelief. It's drifting into unbelief. It's becoming more at home with the world than it is with who you are in Christ. And when you enter into that, when you placate that, then your relationship with him will become distant. As I said many times, what happens is now you're praying at God rather than to God. Now you read a scriptural meaning, but you don't pick up the word of God to hear what he may say to you. You have no appetite for it. And some of you would say, well, pastor, I just don't have time for it. Well, you decide what you have time for, don't you? You make your decisions. So, do not refuse to hear the Son of God. Do not ignore his voice for the lost. For the believer tells us that we, as his sheep, hear his voice. That means he's constantly speaking. And if the carnal ignores his voice and seek to drown it out with the distractions of the flesh and the noise of the world, then they, they will say to you, I don't hear him. I just can't hear him speak. The faithful beg to hear and long to listen. If you have found that you hear more of from the world than you do from God, examine what you determine to hear. A friend of mine used to tell a story about some buddies that were traveling to New York, and one of them was an Indian off a reservation. And when they got to New York City, they walked the streets, and they were kind of amazed because they'd never been there before. All the noise and the traffic and the honking horns and the screeching tires and the yelling back and forth, it was really Really amazing to them because they didn't come from that kind of environment. About that time, as they were walking past an alleyway, the Indian says, Hey, do you hear that? And the friends turn and say, What? He says, It's a cricket. He said, A cricket? How can you possibly hear a cricket with all of this noise going on? Well, with that question, the Indian reaches in his pocket and pulls out a pocket full of change and throws it up the street. And immediately everybody turns and looks. And he says to them, it's what you train your ears to hear. Now that's the difference. What have you trained your ears to hear? He says, my sheep hear my voice. Now here's the reality of it, guys. If you're a child of God, he's speaking to you. Now I remember when my kids were little. And I'd try to tell them something. If they were watching TV, I might as well be speaking to a wall, you know. So I learned I had to go in there and I had to be loud or I had to stand in front of the TV. Sabre would do that. Get in front of the television or turn it off and speak to them directly because they weren't hearing a thing I was saying. 
Well, here's what God has to do with the child of God occasionally, is he has to get in between them and what they're holding on to so they can hear him. He has to disrupt the flow of their lives so they'll pay attention. He has to allow circumstances to become unraveled so they'll look to him. Now, that's what's happening in the life of the Hebrew fellowship, and that's what's happening right now in the United States. Because we've rocked along here with peace and well-being and a sense of security and structure, and it's being shaken to the core. This voice of the shepherd should quiet the sheep and warn the enemies that are lurking around the flock. Do you listen to his voice in order to quiet your soul? I don't know. I, you know for years, I ran to the world to quiet my soul. I turn on the TV to quiet my soul. I pick up a book to quiet my soul. I distract myself to quiet my soul. Did you know if you're a child of God, your mind, will, and emotions were made for his habitation, the habitation of his spirit. That's why he says, be ye constantly filled with the spirit of God. Why? Because that is the only place that your soul finds rest. Peace, balance. Apart from that, you will be enduring the troubles of your life, of your circumstances, of this nation, of this world, apart from the peace that passes all understanding. And brother, that is a ride. It's a ride we weren't made for. The voice of the shepherd should quiet the sheep should warn the enemies that are lurking around the flock that the shepherd is present. Our God has given his love a name. All that the eternal God wanted us to know about himself, his love, his compassion, his desire for us, his self-sacrificing desire to embrace us, to give us all that we need to be a man that God called us to be, that he created us to be, he brought in a person named Jesus. And when we embrace the truth of Jesus as a new creation, then suddenly we're fulfilled. But we won't be fulfilled if we live in the distractions of this world. We won't be fulfilled if we think we can have the best of this world and the best of heaven. The best of heaven is the best of this world. Isaiah one eighteen. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are like red, like crimson, they shall be like wool. God invites us. When we were first sinners, he invited us to cleanse us, to make us new. This is a God of love. God is love. And Jesus is the expression of that love. Revelation twenty two seventeen, The Holy Spirit and the bride, the church believers say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come, and let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes to take a drink of the water of life without cost come. He's inviting 
We are in the age of grace where the invitation stands. And God is telling those people in need of redemption, in need of life, in need of truth to come. Well, what do you think he's saying to the carnal Christian, to the distracted Christian, to the one who is literally allowing their soul to ride the the waves of this existence. What do you think he's saying to you? What is the Son of God speaking to your soul? Come. Come. Embrace who you are, child of God. You can't do that unless you embrace him. Come. This is his word of grace to the unbeliever. It is a reminder to the child of God who called you to himself. He called you to himself to live in the blessing of an uninterrupted communion. That's his call. Verse 25. For if those sons of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to him who warned them on earth, revealing God's will. How much less will we escape if we turn our backs on him who warns from heaven? Now, you got to ask yourself about this. Did they believe they could escape the voice that thundered in their ears from Sinai just by refusing to listen? Did they believe that they could escape the judgment of God who told them who they were and how to live? Did they think refusing to listen would change the will of God concerning them? I ask you that question. Do you believe ignoring the voice of God, distracting yourself from the work of God, will change God's will concerning you, will change the plan of God concerning you, will change the desire of God concerning you? We have a God that never changes. His will is immutable concerning his children. It doesn't rise and fall with your behavior. It doesn't rise and fall with your circumstances. It doesn't rise and fall with the way this world is going. It is constant and it is consistent in his desire for you to come. They were called to receive and hid themselves in the concerns and distractions of the world. Those who would listen and obey will be eternally blessed. Abraham, the friend of God. Moses, the man of God. Daniel, the beloved of God. John, the precious one among the disciples. But to those who ignore and refuse to listen to his voice, they find God is a consuming fire that will not be escaped. Israel refused to listen and found that there was no escape. Because the children of God of Israel did not delight in the voice of the Lord or value his words. In their unbelief, they rejected the land of promise and cursed themselves to wander in the wilderness, surviving in emptiness and desolation until their death. Will we turn our backs on him who speaks from heaven? If so, there's no escape. Even for the child of God, he's not out to... Throw a lightning bolt at you. He's inviting you to come into the truth of how he made you. To live in the reality of his love, of his desire for you. He's inviting you to that. But you turn your back on that, then you live contrary to the truth of how you're made. And you invite to yourself that desolation of the soul. 
You invite to yourself the emptiness of life. Not because you don't have life in him, but because you refuse to live in it. For the lost, turning their backs on him meant a living death in the body. And after to find judgment and eternal suffering that awaits them. For the carnal unbelieving believer, they squander the new covenant blessing of communion with our Lord for a life of self-imposed spiritual poverty while they live in the body. Verse 26. His voice shook the earth at Mount Sinai. Then, but now, he has given a promise saying, Yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the starry heaven. Listen, we are in the last days. We are. Jesus said we were in the last days. That was, those were his words. We are coming to the end of the church aid. Wars and rumors of wars. Pestilence. Disease. All kinds of diverse problems. We see it all around us. He will shake everything that can be shaken. He's promised, I will not only shake the earth, but also the starry heavens. Everything that he's created. Looking back to the author's comparison between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. The creator's voice that spoke the heavens and the earth into existence. The God who formed and gave life to every creature in heaven and on earth will by that same voice shake all that he created. Remember what we read in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. The sun is the radiance and only expression of the glory of our awesome God. Reflecting God's Shekinah glory. The light being the brilliant light of the divine. The exact representation and imprint of the Father's essence. And upholding and maintaining and propelling all things. The entire physical and spiritual universe by his powerful word carrying the universe along to its predetermined goal. By the way, he says, my sheep hear my voice. That's the voice you're hearing. The voice that's holding everything in place, that spoke everything into being. That's the voice that the child of God hears. Do you think you should ignore it? Do you think you should be distracted from it? There will be a time when you can no longer turn your eyes away and the lost man will look at him and be devastated. We're going to read the verse that goes with that. The reality of it is that time is drawing short for those who have not yet made that decision. And time is drawing short for the believer who refuses to give themselves wholly, completely, without wavering to the will of God for their lives, to walk in the truth, to no longer be distracted by this world, to no longer find their identity in this body, but to put their focus and their hope and their joy in the truth of who they are in Christ, to live to the fullness of all that God has created for. The time is drawing short. You will be in the position that the Hebrew Christians were, where you're going to come to the place where you have to choose between what you've believed by faith 
and what this world tells you. And the choice will reap a consequence for you. Are you ready to stand in the truth? The same voice that holds created matter in place is the voice that you know, Christian. It belongs to the one who loves you and has brought you to an unshakable kingdom. Verse 27. Now this expression, yet once more, indicates the removal and final transformation of all things which can be shaken. That is, of that which has been created. So that those things which cannot be shaken remain. What does that tell you about the things that can be? They'll be gone. God will one day bring judgment upon the temporal and destroy all that we count as physical reality and transform it. Creation will be shaken and only the unshakable will remain. We are even now seeing the destruction of nations and the wickedness of man is steadily increasing. This can be seen as the inevitable result of the shakable being shaken. But in no way does it compare with the shaking that will take place when the Creator steps out to bring judgment. This Jesus who walked among us and demonstrated God's love to man, the Lamb who showed us gentleness, healing the infirmed, restoring the broken, who welcomed the children and fed the hungry, the same Jesus warned us of hell and the torment therein. This same Jesus... Jesus declared in Matthew 10:34, "Do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword of division between belief and unbelief." Luke 12:5, "But I will point out to you whom you should fear. Fear the one who, after he has killed, has authority and power to hurl you into hell. Yes, I say to you, stand in great awe of the God of God and fear him. Luke twelve forty nine. I have come to cast fire, judgment on the earth, and how I wish that it were already kindled. Luke twelve fifty one and fifty two. Do you suppose that I came to grant peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division between believers and unbelievers. For from now on, five in one household will be divided over me. Three against two and two against three. And then he says in Revelation 6, verses uh, 16 and 17, And they called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the righteous wrath and indignation of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath and vengeance and retribution has come. And who is able to face and stand before the wrath of the Lamb. You know, nowadays everybody wants to paint God as this feeler who's all about making sure that you are, you are comforted and that everything's peaceful and you just kind of go your way in the world. Listen, the God of Mount Sinai and the God of Mount Zion are the same. There's no difference between them. You want peace? You've been called to the Prince of Peace. You want joy? You've been called to the very presence of Him who brings joy. 
you want all of those things, the fruit of the Spirit, then walk into His presence and receive the fullness of it. Because it is yours. But it is not the world's. It is yours. This is the Lamb of God who came and shed his blood that we might have the righteousness of God. That we might be made new creations, holy and acceptable in his sight and welcomed in his presence. The work of righteousness, the gift of God is speaking. Do not turn your backs on him. Listen, I know most of you and most of you are Christians. And we're not going to ever in our new creation state reject God. But in the soul, it's a different matter. We can live either by the Spirit or we can live according to the flesh. That is the division. Paul makes it very clear over and over again. There are only two choices. There's not a middle road. You're either living by the Spirit or you're living according to the flesh. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006.